Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How are you doing? How is your summer? I hope you are having some downtime from work and at the same time making some great progress. We're going to talk today about why you should change jobs every two to three years. I have a guest today, Sonia Price. I'm going to let her introduce herself here in a minute. And we're going to talk about whether this applies to you or not, whether this is something you ought to think about. So first of all, Sonia, thank you so much for being a guest today. Oh, thank you for having me, Lisa. It's an honor to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us your story. Well, my name is Sonia. I'm the founder and chief career strategist of the Dynamo Career Accelerator, where we help mid to senior level professionals build a comprehensive career plan and land a job that is in alignment with their personal values and pays them up to $100,000 more per year. I've written two books. I've worked with Tony Robbins. I've trained with Al Gore. And I also won an honorable award from the Women's Economic Forum. And really, my mission in life is to support professionals to have greater meaning, better work-life balance, and significantly higher pay. And I've helped many clients land their dream job with a wide range of organizations, you know, including a lot of the top-tier tech companies like Google, Apple, Amazon, Meta, as well as many other large and small organizations. And in my downtime, I love skiing, playing piano, and I'm also a huge geek, so I love to play a lot of strategy board games. Oh, I love board games too. I'm on the same. Mm. I'm on the same page with you. Any kind of fun games. I was just thinking the other night about. I need to get get the friends together for a, a game night. I think that's so much fun. I love game night. I love game night. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about why you should change jobs every two to three years. And so let's start with the obvious. Why do you think that? And and I guess, does that apply to everyone or just some people? What's your what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think it can depend upon where you're at in your career. So whether you're early, mid or late stage career, there might be slightly different timeline recommendations. But in general, you know, I do recommend making that consideration and making that change every two to three years. And here's why. So actually, the average employee tenure is about 4.2 years. And so I think sometimes people freak out and they think, oh, my gosh, two to three years. But the average tenure is actually not that far behind it. You know, there's many reasons why people do want to change jobs in going more towards a fulfilling job. But on the, the financial side of things, why you might want to be considering changing is that you know most employees will receive an average of a 3% raise per year. And the range can be all over the place, but it's usually between 1% to like 5%. Sometimes it might even be 0% if the company has not performed well that year. 
And 5% is actually more on the, the side for star performers. The current U.S. inflation rate has gone up significantly <laughs> in the last yeah. year, and it continues to go up even more. But the current U.S. inflation rate is 8.5%. So if you're receiving you know, somewhere between 1% and 5% of an increase each year, you're actually losing money if you continue to stay with that same company. And even if you did get a pay increase of 8.5%, maybe even 10%, which is which is very, very high, you know, you're you're really not making that much at all. And by especially by the time that you factor in taxes and you know other other things that are getting deducted from your paycheck. So, you know, the thing is, is that I imagine that you're continuing to learn new skills all the time. And you should be compensated for that. If you're learning new skills, you know, your skills are far too valuable to be continuing to work, you know, 40, maybe sometimes 40 plus hours per week. You know, why should you actually be losing money instead of gaining additional money and, you know, getting rewarded for the work that you do and the time and the effort that you put in? You know, one of my favorite sayings is if you're going to work for the man, find a way to make the man work for you. <laughs> so, you know, when you change jobs, you can generally expect to receive somewhere between a 10 to 20% pay bump. That's pretty average. And in some cases, you know, I've actually helped a lot of clients who have earned up to $100,000 more per year than, you know, they were previously making. And I've helped many people like double their salary. So big things are possible. Like if you know what you're doing with your, your overall career strategy and job search, like you can make significant jumps in pay and also be looking at other things like title, scope, responsibility. You know, if you want to accelerate and advance your career, changing jobs is a really great strategy to help support that as well. Yeah, you know, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about my career of 20 plus years in higher education and in general, higher ed and probably education in general is not known for having career ladders. You come in at a position and in many cases, you have to leave the organization if, if you want to get a promotion. And so what I saw was a lot of people who'd been there for 30 years who were being outpaced by the 22-year-olds because you couldn't dare start them, the new people coming right out of college at the pitiful level you were paying those people who'd been there for, for 20 years. So we had this real issue with kind of pay bans. And, and the other thing that, that came up for me is this is just another reason that salary negotiations are so important at the outset, because if you're getting that raise as a percentage each year of what you're already making, you want to start with the most amount of money that you can so that those raises will be will be greater. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the unfortunate reality of our job market today is that usually the new hire market, the new hire market rate pay is usually higher significantly higher in some cases than existing employees. And that can be so incredibly frustrating. If you've worked for an organization like you did for so long, you know, you had significant time invested in that organization and a lot of loyalty and a lot of, you know, time and energy and sweat and tears put into an organization. And then you find out that someone who a new hire and someone that is a significantly younger that doesn't have the same skill set is is being paid more you know i see this happen all the time for many employees and it can really breed a lot of resentment and frustration and you know it and it it, it just it, it doesn't i wish there was a different way of doing this unfortunately a lot of companies they they have to do that to remain competitive 
and be able to hire, you know, top talent, no matter what stage of their career that they're in. But for the employees who have stuck around and are the loyal employees, it's, it's just, it's a very unfortunate reality. And it, it, you know, doesn't really value or respect or appreciate the people who are, you know, have been there for quite some time. Yeah. And interestingly, as a state institution, both of the places that I worked, our salaries were published in what Mm. was called the Blue Book. So then you've got people across campus knowing exactly how much everyone was making. So that created a real, in some cases, resentful environment. So this is all, this is all, and it's important for a lot of reasons. And this is, this is such a good conversation for us to talk about. And when you and I talked about, uh, when we talked briefly before, You talked about sort of having short and long-term career goals as a part of all of this. So can you give us some examples of what that might look like as you're factoring in whether you should be leaving every two to three years or what you should be, how you should be pacing this? So when you look at your short and long-term career goals, there's a number of different things that you will likely want to be evaluating. And that could be as simple as a job title. Right. Maybe at this point in time, you're a program manager and you want to become a senior program manager or you're a senior program manager and you want to become a principal program manager or whatever the, you know, the titles and levels look like inside your organization. Or maybe you'd like to move into get your first management role or you're already in management, but you want to move into a higher level leadership role maybe, you know, director, VP, C-suite, whatever it might be. So you can look at your your titles. And what I generally suggest is to, you know, project this out over a period of time. So if you think about where are you right now and how quickly would you like to be in your next new role, your next new opportunity, that could be as quickly as, you know, one month to maybe two years, two or three year timeframe. Then we can look more in that like three to five year timeframe. And then maybe in like a five to 10 year time frame, or you could project this out for, you know, how many ever years that you have left before you anticipate retiring. So we can look at your job title, but we can also look at other things like, you know, do you want to become a domain expert in a specific area? Is there a certain technology that you want to really hang your hat on and grow your career in? I work with a lot of folks in technology. And so, you know, maybe there are folks that want to you know, learn more about AI or machine learning or, you know, cloud-based technologies, or maybe they are a Salesforce expert and they're going to just really, you know, build their entire career around Salesforce tools. So it could be like a technology, it could be a specific type of industry. Maybe you want to become an expert in higher education or technology, biotech, whatever it might be. And then maybe it's like specific skills, specific skills that you want to grow your career into. So when you think about where you're at now and then what might make you eligible for that next new move in your career, let's say that you do want to move into management. You don't have prior management experience. Like what kinds of skill sets would you need to be learning so that you can be considered eligible for that first management type of opportunity? Well, you know, maybe you start to volunteer to take on, you know, lead a specific project or you become a team lead or you start mentoring more junior employees or, you know, things like this. You want to be looking at what skills will you need to develop to be eligible for that next level. And then, of course, we can also be looking at the pay ranges for each of these levels and factoring that into your overall short and long term career goals as well, because, you know, 
you want you want to be accelerating you know your opportunities and also the compensation that could come along with that and any one of these things that i just mentioned you know use those as motivations to want to proceed and want to advance to that next level and what i like about this this process and this this planning is that you aren't being reactive. You aren't saying, okay, today I hate my job and don't want to be in it anymore. And so let me look at what do I need to do to be competitive out in the marketplace? Well, it's it's okay to do it then and you can, but you are being reactive and you don't have the time to certainly not to complete or gain the experience. You might get started on that process as you are applying, but you're still not going to be as strong a candidate as somebody who recognized these needs two years ago and started building them up then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You, you raise a good point, you know, being, being much more proactive rather than reactive. Sometimes I find that when folks you know, come to me, there's a specific reason as to why they're looking to make their next career move. They hear that layoffs are coming or there was a reorg and they don't like their their new manager or, you know, whatever. And not just, I mean, you know, dissatisfaction is often what causes us to make a change, but the more proactive that you can be about this, you know, generally the, the further and faster that you're going to get where you really want to go. Because if you're waiting for some sort of condition to motivate you to make that change, then, you know, who knows how long you're going to be kind of waiting. Here's how I like to think about it. You know, we all, most of us work in organizations where there's some sort of, you know, roadmap for a product roadmap or whatever the organization itself is working on. And we have annual goals and quarterly goals, but how often do we actually do that for our own career? How often do we actually sit down and think, oh, you know, what are my goals for this year? And doing that quarterly evaluation to say, okay, how, where am I in my overall skills development? Or did I did I accomplish what I wanted to this quarter? And what do I want to focus on next quarter or next year? And am I even aligned with the right type of opportunity to help me gain that experience? Absolutely. And I think the subtext here that I hope the listeners are hearing is that you don't have to be unhappy, miserable, hate your job to look for something else. And I think this kind of planning really opens the door and it makes it clearer to you when it will be time to move on. And it's not a reactionary, a knee-jerk reaction to your boss being, you know, his idiot self or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. <laughs> you can love it and still be ready to move on. And and actually, I don't know about you in your practice, but those are my favorite people to work with. They're not running away from something. They're choosing to move towards what is next for them. Mm-hmm. And and they've got that vision in mind of what that what that should be. Now, having said that, let's take a little bit of a detour. So we've got this plan. And we're working our plan and we know what we want to do next, but this opportunity comes up. Let's say a recruiter calls us out of the blue. We weren't looking and it's, it is not what was in our plan, but boy, it sounds interesting. And we, we do our due diligence. We like what we hear. We're, everything sounds really great. How does that fit in to our career plan? What do we do with it? Well, you know, every, not everything is written in stone. You know, so if a really phenomenal opportunity presents itself and you feel engaged and excited by that opportunity, you know, I say go with it, go like at least evaluate it further and see what comes of it. 
But I would also really try to keep your eye on the prize, you know, keep, keep like what, where do you really want to be? And will this next opportunity be in support of that? Or could it actually detract from that? Mm -hmm. And I could give you an example of a client that I'm currently working with who, you know, he's in consulting and he is just a brilliant, a very, an incredibly brilliant professional. And he has so much to offer, but he's not in the right type of, he's not in the right type of role. He's not at the right level. And he really wants to manage people. And he's been a consultant. So he's done, he's led a ton of really, you know, high, high value projects. And he's done a lot of cross-functional team management, but he's never had those direct reports. So he's having a challenge, like, you know, moving into an official leadership role, even though he is already operating at that level. And then he had an opportunity to come his way and his kids go to a private school and the school sent out a job description for a director of operations for the school. And so he said, Oh my gosh, can you help me put my resume? You know, I want to change my resume to, to be specifically focused on this job. Cause I want to apply for this job. And I was like, okay, well let's think, sure. You know, I'm happy to help you with that if that's what you want, but let's, let's step back and think about this objectively. Like, you know, what is this role and what's the compensation range associated with it? And would this, would this truly be engaging for you? Like, would this give you something to sink your teeth into, or would it be kind of exciting for, you know, a few months, six months, maybe even a year, and then you're bored to tears and like, oh my gosh, now he's, you know, gone in this direction that might make it even more challenging for him to get back on track with, you know, his, his previous goals. So he's working in technology companies, but then, you know, like making a transition over to a private school, the title is director of operations, but it does not have direct reports. And it didn't really seem like it had the scope or, you know, the scope of what he really, where he really should be operating at. So that's something that we're currently looking at. And I'm just really trying to help him think objectively of like, you know, is, is this really what you want and what's the pay range associated with it? And he's like, well, you know, maybe I'll get a discount in my, my kids schooling. (laughs) And he has like, he has like four kids that are going to this private school. So I think he, you know, there's a big motivator there for him, but I also think, you know, okay, well, what if you could get a, what if you could get like a management or director level role with a tech, a tech company where you're probably going to be making, I don't know, two to three times more money. And then, you know, that tuition discount is kind of a wash because maybe you're making so much more money in this other industry or, or organization that it may not, it, it yes. might not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyways, these are the kinds of things that, you know, if, if you're in a similar situation, you get a call from a recruiter and there's some, you know, kind of like interesting project and you're like, okay, it sounds really cool, but I would take a step back, try to think of it objectively and figure out, does this actually really fit in with your longer term career goals? Would it be in support of that? Or could it potentially be a detractor so that, you know, fast forward a few years, if you try to get back on the same path that you're on now, could it actually be a little bit challenging Mm -hmm. to do so? Yeah, I use an analogy of a dartboard. And I, I used to, as I said, work in higher education. I was director of career centers. And I would talk to college graduates as they're coming out about all we're trying to do with that first job, we called it first destination in college, is to get on your dartboard. So whatever that is for you, get on there. It's going to be an outer rung. You're not going to hit the middle of the dartboard and get a bullseye right off the bat because you don't have, A, the experience to get that job, but B, you also don't know yourself well enough. 
persona. And then your goal with subsequent jobs as you move through your career is to move towards your bullseye. And I always make it very clear that there's a cluster of things in the middle of that bullseye. It's not a single Hmm. job. But thinking about that, right? So what we don't want to do with the example of your gentleman who's thinking about the private school is, you know, he might actually go out outer go to an outer rung on the dartboard, perhaps, by taking that job. And and it I I, I totally agree. And I, I think I would be curious what he would say if he didn't have four children going to school there. Would it be <laughs> as interesting to him? And to your point, I had a client recently who was interested in being a flight attendant. And she had gotten an interview scheduled past, you know, all of the initial things. And when it came right down to it, she realized what she really wanted was the travel and that the career path she was on was going to be very lucrative for her in a few short years. And she could use that money to travel anywhere she wanted to. Mm. And and P.S. and by the way, wouldn't have to put up with, you know, obnoxious people in small spaces. (laughs) Right, exactly. I'm I'm, going to serve peanuts for a living. (laughs) You can't even do that because people have allergies. You can't have a peanut on the the plane. You get those nasty. I, I just just had enough of the co- the little Biscoff cookies on my last trip. I was like, please give me anything else. But <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's it, it's that shiny object syndrome, isn't it? Like, oh, they have mm. this. They do this. It's this named company. And sometimes folks don't look beyond the surface to see what's really there or and or they don't think about it in terms of, you know, a piece of their overall career plan. And how does this fit in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love your analogy of the dartboard of just thinking, okay, w- what is the true bullseye? And what are all of the, you know, what's the criteria and requirements for that true bullseye? And then what are the, you know, what are the surrounding areas? You know, you're still going to score a lot of points if you get <laughs> you know cl- close to the bullseye. But then, you know, are there's are there these like harebrained ideas or opportunities that might pop out of the blue and you think, oh, but I get to travel or, oh, but I get tuition reimbursement or I get this or I get that. And, you know, there, there's always other ways to solve for those same desires and, and challenges. So yes. I love that you helped your client, you know, gain that objectivity and, you know, find something else where she actually gets to travel in the way that she wants to. Exactly, exactly. So when we talk about this this concept of moving every two to th- three years, are we talking primarily about internal opportunities, external opportunities, both? What what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, again, I think I think you have to keep in mind your short and long term career goals because if your goal is to move into management and there's an opportunity to do that internally then you know that's that's probably your best opportunity to move immediately into management because the people there know you you've already proven your value and your results with them and they're they're giving you an opportunity to move into management and you're probably going to get a pay increase with that as well but if you look at your long your short and long-term career goals and you're not seeing immediate opportunities to do this internally or you know for certain that your pay is far behind the market rate pay for someone with your level and skill set then that probably makes sense to start looking externally you know because of those compensation increases that we talked about before like generally when you move to a new organization 
you're probably going to make it, you're probably going to get at least a 10 to 20% pay increase simply by moving to a new organization. If that, if that organization, you know, has the budget to, to pay that level. So that's part of what you want to be researching in your overall researching and planning as part of your, you know, career growth and short and long-term career goals as well. So I think it's more so like, what are the opportunities that you're looking for? And what, where, what is, where are where, they? Where are they? Where are they? Right. Where, <laughs> where, where are those opportunities that are going to get you closer to your bullseye? I think also there's the piece of looking at what has happened either to you or to your colleagues in terms of applying for promotions internally. I, I belong to a women's group. I'm a, I'm a VIP where I'm supposed to answer their career questions. And I, there's a fair number of folks on there that will ask. It's, a, it's a flavors of the same question, which is, I've been passed over repeatedly. You know, people are stepping over me and, and getting positions now. They're, they're my boss. What should I do? And I think you don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction. You get you get turned away once and you immediately jump ship. But I do think you want to look at the landscape that you're operating in and be realistic with yourself. And it may not have anything to do with you and your qualifications. It could be a bias against you. It could be any number of things that may not have anything to do with your work performance. But I think at some point you you really have to tell yourself the truth about your internal opportunities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes in those cases, I mean, I hear that same, unfortunately, I hear that same situation a lot. In some cases, you need to create the setup to where, you know, your, your current organization takes you more seriously. So mm-hmm. if you like your, if you like the organization you're working for and you'd like to continue to work there, but you want to pay increase or you want a promotion into a new, a new title or a new level, sometimes you have to create the situation where that can happen. So here's a really creative strategy that, that I've worked with a lot of clients to help them do. And if you can get a competing offer from an external organization and you kind of bring that ta- back to the table with your current organization and you know let them know hey and so this is a little bit risky so you have to be prepared <laughs> to walk like you know be prepared yeah. to walk but you can use this as a really awesome negotiation strategy that you get this external offer you come back and you say hey you know i want to let you know i've been interviewing with other organizations and i do have at least one offer on the table right now all things considered i would rather stay here I, you know, I love this organization. I love our mission, our vision, and what we're up to. And you know, as you know, I've really been wanting a promotion for a while. And you know, I also have been doing salary research across the market, and it's come to my attention that my current rate of pay is significantly behind you know what similar organizations are paying for the same type of role. You know, so I'm curious, like, is there anything that we can do here, you know, I'd love to stay, but I'm curious, you know, is there anything that we could do here to, you know, bring my pay and my overall promotional path back on track in a way that, you know, could really work well for both of us. And, you know, like I said, it is risky because depending upon what that offer is, you know, they might say, sure, we'd be happy to match that offer or sure. You know, I know you've really been wanting this promotion. Like, you know, I may or may not be able to give that to you right now, but here's what I can do for you. And I'd like to, you know, I'd like to help you get there by this amount of time frame. If the offer is significantly higher, you know, they may look at it and say, 
And you, you may or may not have to actually share the offer with them, but sometimes they do ask for it. And, you know, if it's significantly higher, sometimes they're just going to look at it and say, wow, gosh, I really wish I could help you, but that's, that's a pretty great offer. In fact, I've had this happen with some of my clients that they've gone back and said, you know, they got a, a job offer that was like double their current pay, you know, and their manager's like, wow, I really wish I could help you, but maybe I should start looking for a job too. <laughs> So then, you know, you want to make sure that you're in a situation where your manager is going to want to help you versus just say like, that's a really great offer. If I were you, I would just take it. And maybe if it is a really great offer, you're just going to take it anyways, because that's, you know, more in alignment with with what you're looking for. But if you really want to stay with your current, your current organization and you want them to take you seriously and you want them to give you the right kinds of opportunities, sometimes you have to orchestrate that right kind of situation where they do say, oh my gosh, you know, you're right. Like you are an incredibly valuable asset to this team and we would hate to lose you. You know, let me go to HR. Let me see what kind of budget we can pull together to, you know, give you a pay increase or, you know, there is this really great opportunity coming, you know, coming up. Like I I want you to lead this project or, you know, or they, they start to, you know, respect your skills more. And hopefully they do that. And you know what, if you're in a situation where you've been passed over promotion multiple times, I would just say, you know, like, is it really the right place for you? If they're not, yeah, is it really the right place for you? Or there's so many fish in the sea. If it's not the right culture, if it's not the right environment, if it's not the right people, go find an organization that is supportive of you and wants to help you thrive and grow. And, you know, there's so many fish in the sea. So like, see what else is out there. There might be something amazingly better than where you're at right now. Exactly. And and I wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage my clients to go get a job offer just to get a job offer and, and kind of waste a bunch of people's time. But if that is a possibility, if they're at the point where, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to do something for me at this company, or I really am going to look elsewhere. It's a legitimate there's some level of interest in this other position, then I think that's a really good strategy. Certainly my clients find that when they have, especially if they have multiple job offers, their their positioning, you know, their 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 leverage increases considerably. Mm-hmm. So what do you see is maybe, I don't know, two or three indicators that it is time to start looking and to leave your current job? What are a couple of those things that you talk to your clients about? Yeah. You know, I think if you're in a place where, you know, you're looking to broaden your skills, your scope, or the types of projects that you're working on, you want more responsibility, you're you're looking for a bigger and better, you know, opportunity. And that doesn't mean that has to be like more work, so to say, but you're looking for something that's more in alignment with where you're at as a professional in your career. If you're feeling complacent in your current role, you're not feeling engaged, you're not excited about your work, that's a great reason to start to consider other opportunities. And I think if you're feeling bored at work, you know, there's plenty of research studies and data out there that shows that if you're not engaged with your work, you know, the likelihood of more anxiety and stress and depression, it bleeds over into your life. So if you're feeling kind of down or depressed in life, think about, you know, is your job contributing to that? And could there be a better opportunity out there for you that could give you greater overall life experience? If you're looking to advance your career, you want to move into a new level, new title, 
or you want to grow your professional network. You know, there's there's a lot of value in you know moving on and having lots of different types of opportunities over time because then you get more connected with other professionals. And what I've seen happen a lot is that you know birds of a feather tend to flock together. And so if you find people that you really like working with. And then they move on to a new organization or you move on to a new organization. Oftentimes people will recruit each other mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of, they end up like moving around from several with, you know, with several companies. So if you find people you really enjoy working with, you know, maybe you guys all support each other moving forward in your career. So lots of reasons to consider making a change. And, you know, I think also just, you know, taking some quiet time to yourself and reflecting like what's in your heart. What do you, what do you really want to be doing with your Mm -hmm. career and is where you're at right now? Like, is that truly in alignment with, with who you are? And do you like the organization that you're with? Do you like their product and service offering? You know, do you like their mission and vision? Do Do you like, you know, are their values in alignment with your values? And when you look at all of these things, you know, is there a resounding yes of like, yes, it's time for me to get out and look for something new and different, then go for it. And if it's a maybe, well, then maybe it might be time to kind of kickstart more of a passive job search, Mm -hmm. but, you know, put yourself out there and try to get some opportunities coming in the door just so you can kind of do some comparison and contrast to what's out there and how is it different than where I am right now? And is there something else out there better for me? I think it's much more, it can be much more difficult to make the decision to change and to look elsewhere when it's not obviously terrible, right? And it's it's about, I want to grow and I want to mature. That That can be, you can settle for where you're at now a lot more easily than you do if you have something horrible going on at work. I'm thinking about two clients that I'm working with right now, one who just, I've worked with him for ages, and he reached back out to me. He's like, Lisa, I'm bored. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's ready to move and is very clear on what's lacking for him. And he's been spurred on. At the other end of the spectrum, I've got a client who has only been with her current employer about six months, but she is having physical symptoms she is emotionally struggling she works for a global organization so she is having to hold meetings at kind of all hours of the day and night mm-hmm. two of she's got a very high leadership global leadership position and two of her team members have had nervous breakdowns since oh, she's boy. been there Hmm. And for her, it's been a real struggle because she's she's she wants to get out of that industry because she doesn't see examples of people having good work life balance in her industry. And she's having to we are working together to redefine her and to see this as a choice that she is making, not some sort of failure on her part. But it really has affected her. Both the job has affected her and the thoughts of leaving what she has worked so hard for is really been a struggle. And I think those are the kind of situations where people need to come see someone like you or you or I Mm -hmm. to really get that unbiased perspective in the coach, not mom and dad or sister telling us what they think we should do, but what, what we should do what what's best for us based on our reasons and and not someone else's advice. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm so glad that this woman is working with you right now because I think, you know, we do all need a sounding board. And sometimes we forget how how valued our skills are. And I'm imagining that there are probably many other organizations out there that would be, you know, elated to have someone like her join their team. But when we get into these kind of, you know, I'll call it a toxic work environment or really challenging situation. And it's, and it's literally beating the life out of you. You know, we, we forget, we forget how skilled we are. We forget how amazing that we are. And it's, it's much easier to stick with, you know, what is it? Stick with the the devil, you know, rather than going to a new level. I totally just botched that one up, but you know, like, yeah, I mean, I would, I would be very curious to see what happens for her. And, you know, when she does land a new role, I hope she does land a new role and, and and also I think you know when you leave an organization, then that starts to give a note that starts to put that other previous organization on high alert and gives them notifications like, hey, people are leaving. We better change our operations here because we're not going to have anybody. You know, there's, we're not going to have anybody left, mm-hmm. and all of our all of our top talent, all of our amazing people are leaving. And why? Why is that? How can we change things so that we can you know be a more harmonious workplace that people desire to want to be here. Exactly. When, when she tells me that the company's had 56% turnover in the last year, it's just, yeah, it's, it's from what she's told me, it's probably the most toxic work environment of anyone I've ever worked with. It's, Uh, it's disturbing. All right. So I don't want to end on a a sour (laughs) note with her, but she is being helped people. So if you're worried about her, I promise you she's in good hands with me. And (laughs) and I'm sure Sonia's clients are in great hands with her. Speaking of which, how can people find you if they want to talk to you later on? Oh, thank you. I would love to connect with people. I do have a free masterclass that I would love to invite you to join. It's called the Increase Your Income Masterclass. And we will, in this masterclass, I'll show you exactly how you can increase your income by $20,000 to $100,000 or more per year than what you're currently making. And you can do all of this by making one simple change to your career. It's a short 14-minute free masterclass. It's jam-packed with valuable tips to help you advance your career and make significantly more money too. And you can find that at dynamoincome.com. That's D-Y-N-A-M-O, income, I-N-C-O-M-E.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can look me up under my name, Sonia Price, S-O-N-J-A-P-R-I-C-E. I'd love to connect with you. Please reach out and say hi. Excellent. We will have that in the show notes so you all can connect with Sonia and find out about her. That sounds really cool. I think I want to do your masterclass and see what (laughs) tips I can pick up. I love that. Awesome. Well, Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This has been a great conversation and I'm sure the listeners have really, I think this is one of those food for thoughts sessions where they just get some kind of going, hmm. (laughs) And I like Mm. that a lot. So thank you. Thank you, Lisa. It's been an honor being on the show. I love I loved our conversation today and I learned a lot too. So thanks a lot. Excellent. Well, you guys take care and I will talk with you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach. So be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.